Hi, this is Michael Lowe, and you're listening to May I Ask You a Question. My next guest is another repeat, Ken Flower, church planning resident at Doxa Church in Bellevue, Washington. I wanted to follow up with Ken about the work he's been doing at Doxa on spiritual formations. In this first part of our conversation, we talk about the quarterly spiritual disciplines the church has been practicing and their importance both in general and specifically for America today. Thanks for listening. Ken Flower, thanks again for uh, another round uh, to May I Ask You a Question? This is like round seven, isn't it? <laughs> it, it feels that way. Hopefully not in a painful way. No, this is great. Thanks for having me back. Um, I wanted to focus in a little bit more on the spiritual formations um, the, the content that you've been uh, helping Doxa with yeah. try to build out. Uh, you guys started with uh, Solitude. Yep. So Silence and Solitude. Silence and Solitude. Was the first quarter. Right. Then Prayer was our second quarter. Okay. Then Sabbath. Is what you're in now. Is what we're in now. And then we're about to start in October, a quarter focused on Bible reading. Okay. It'll go through the end of the year. Okay. And then we've mapped out, mostly mapped out 2021 and um, kind of where we want to go there. So we're going to keep kind of keep going as a church focusing on that on spiritual formations yep, yep. Uh, are there more disciplines that you're going to add in or are you going to uh, yeah. build on what or we're making up new ones <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> it's a 21st we're century just activity creating, no. um yeah i mean i think so spirit yeah we've spiritual formation will the way we're viewing that is that's just that's discipleship right that's just yep. becoming like jesus um, and that's something we never want to lose sight of that. And that's been the heartbeat of the church and will continue to be, but specifically focusing on these practices that we think are really important for us to have as rhythms in our life so that we are engaging in what we would say are the primary means through which the spirit is going to form us. That is going to be at least for 2021, another, another four quarters of focus, maybe into 2022, We'll kind of see beyond that. So, so truly, though, next next year there will be four different there'll be practices. four new ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think we're actually. I mean, this isn't settled, but I think it's going to be uh, the first quarter focused on. You heard it here first. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Don't hold me to this. This could change <laughs> yeah. next week, but the uh, first quarter I think is going to be focused on this. It's not as much a regular practice, but more of kind of a periodic one. Um, it's the idea of forming a, a rule of life. So it's really kind of taking a look at your entire life, your identity, the roles God's given you, the calling he's given you, okay. and then also being aware of your limits because we're all limited. That's that's a gift from God. And then in light of those things, basically making a rule for what is my life going to look like? Like personalizing it and not necessarily yeah. like globalizing or standardizing. Oh, it has to everybody. be personalized. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be down to, you know, this, this quarter we're in now is focused on Sabbath mm-hmm. and learning to stop at least once a week to really rest and stop and just enjoy and worship God and delight in him. And so the rule of life would say, okay, I need to actually make sure I'm carving out time for that. So when am I going to do that? And you build that, you prioritize it. And then you're mm-hmm. saying, now I need to find practically, I mean, it gets really, really, it has to get really tangible and yep. practical. Yep. And you can do it for yourself. But then if you're a part of a family, you need to probably do that for your family and figure out what does our family rule of life yep. look like? And um, whole communities can do it. And it's basically saying, what are we going to commit to? What's God calling us to? And what are we going to commit to? Maybe just for the next season. And, and then you yep. reevaluate it. Yep. And you got to try it. Yeah, you're just trying it. And you got to view it as a, we're committing to things because we think God's inviting us to pursue this. And that through his grace, he's going to use these things to, to make us more like Jesus. Right. 
but it's trusting that watering the plant trusting that you know yeah. pruning the, the the tree or the yeah. bush is going to create more fruit yeah but all, you know some people would hear rule of life and think right away oh we're just creating rules yep. and that's legalism yep. and so it's really being able to see the difference between this isn't anything we're doing to earn favor with god or earn righteousness but it's just being intentional mm-hmm. everyone has a you're we're all going to settle into some rhythm of life right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by default we're going to settle into something so this is really just saying let's stop and actually think about right. what is that and it's nothing new i mean but it, it's it's um it's just making sure we're being intentional with it and actually starting with this i think is really really important right now because what's happened with covid yeah and you know, depending where people are, they're all in different levels of how much has been taken off their plate. But we've all had things taken off our plate. Yeah. Like for us, we were going to be doing soccer in the fall with mm-hmm. with kids, and right now there is no youth organized sports. And mm-hmm. so our Saturdays, what would have been busy Saturdays, at least for half the day, is now opened up, and that's that's great. So we want to say. Before we just start adding things back onto the plate. Let's be intentional and this prioritize is, things. Yeah, this yeah. is a huge opportunity that we have to actually think through what what do we want to be doing? Yeah. Like what has God called us to? What do we want to do? Right. And not just let our plates fill back up, which they will. If we don't think about it, they'll just fill back up. And right. Let's take this time now. To it is interesting it. As, as you create rules or whatever else. And the, the fear of legalism is real and it's legitimate. But sometimes we outsize it. Uh, or, yeah. you know, make it uh, kind of the monster in the closet, whereas we kind of forget the, some of the fundamentals of how life almost works. Like, I have to be at my job and I have to provide value yeah. at my job in order to get a paycheck. Yeah. That's not legalism. That's just part of <laughs> right. part of the transaction right, right, with, right. with not just my company, but how the company works within society and whatever else and the way that the relationships, relationships work in general. Yeah. So you have to spend time and you have to, you know, frequent certain activities yeah. Um, and it may feel legalistic at times, but ultimately yeah. you just can't, like you said, you can't lose sight of the right. ultimate goal and the prize that you're totally. pushing for. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just coming back to like, why am I doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it, is it because I think I owe God something or I need to like prove something or right. earn something or is it a response to his grace? Right. Yeah. And, I remember hearing Piper say something uh, to the effect of like people will ask, do I have to do that or can I do this that right. may be kind of a little bit on, on at the line of, of yeah. uh, sin or not? And he's like, well, why would you want to? Yeah. Or, you know, kind of what is overwhelming your, your purpose and, yeah. and the reasons why you do certain things. Right. So that and then how are you filling it up? Like, how are you filling it up tangibly with your time yeah. and manifesting yeah. it? Yeah. So that, that that's that's kind of what I hear you saying with the spiritual formations and what it's trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it is a, um, it is a response to God's love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think I, I heard this this summer, it, uh, from um, a, a guy that came and met with our team and has been a pastor and, a, and now really is a pastor to other pastors, just does a lot of investing in leaders, and he said the first step in our formation is learning to receive God's love. Mm-hmm. And I, that stuck with me because it rings so true. And I, I, I think it is true. I think it's you see it in Scripture is that um, our formation stop, starts with God, lo- God loving us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and us through His Spirit receiving His love. And then that 
changes us from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. It, it almost creates a generosity. And yeah. It, that, that we have to be conscious of that we've received. Yeah. And then... Especially in America, too, where we feel like we have to work for everything that we get. Like, there's yeah. this meritocracy right. or this, you know, I it, it, it the idea of grace is a little bit, yeah. uh, it's yeah. not for us. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. In America. Right, yeah. Um, uh, so, I, I didn't know that you guys were going to be adding more, more yeah. information. So we're <laughs> we're going to keep going. That kind of uh, made my mind go somewhere else. But So, uh, silence and solitude. Yep. And then you said prayer. And now you guys are in Sabbath. Yep. Um, talk about how all, it's been implementing all of that during yeah. COVID and yeah. how kind of the feedback that you're hearing within DOXA. Yeah, I mean, I think we obviously, you know, DOXA's elders, before I even came to DOXA, they were thinking about we need to really learn how to learn these abiding rhythms mm-hmm. as a church because, like, we can't call people to mission unless they really are abiding in Christ. And they were thinking about that last summer before we were here and before COVID obviously mm-hmm. started and no one knew COVID was going to come. Right. And so really is it's it's kind of amazing how God and his timing I think led us into this because it's the it's exactly what our church has needed to think through and to grow in mm-hmm. in the midst of COVID. Is yeah. like, you know, you we start into the year COVID's not on anyone's radar, well maybe on a few people. But not right. most people's radar. Yeah, and then um, and then we start with silence. We start learning how to be with God in silence and to, to be alone with God in solitude and to hear from Him in that. And then COVID hits right mm-hmm. at the tail end of that quarter. Mm-hmm. And so we've just been starting to talk about that and learn about that and think about that. And now all of a sudden, like you're like forced into much more solitude than most people yep. are used to. And I think that was totally God's timing and provision for our church to Mm -hmm. begin us on that path of thinking about that before COVID hit. And then COVID hits, and then we start into a a quarter really focused on prayer and learning. So we we make space to be with God in solitude and silence. And then we fill that space with prayer and learning to commune with God in prayer, learning to uh, listen to God in prayer, but also learning to contend and pray intercessory prayer, asking him to work and expecting him to work through that. Mm-hmm. And what better thing in the beginning of these months, especially I think when the fear levels were even higher yeah. for most people. Uh, and, and there was just a lot of disruption to say, let, we need to be praying and mm-hmm. and expecting that God loves to have his kids come to him and uses prayer in powerful ways. And so I, I think all that to say the timing has just been really... I think really helpful for our church yeah. with how COVID, you know, like here's obviously. a perfect opportunity, everybody for you to practice these, yeah. these yeah. habits. Yeah. And I, you know, it'd be great to say everyone has been engaged in these hundred percent. I know that's not the case, but yeah. I think it's been a step for it for, for where everyone probably where they started the year. I think God's working in different people in different ways and helping them grow mm-hmm. and kind of take next steps in this. And so I, th- I think it's been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been really good timing for us as a church to begin thinking about these things for sure. and growing in these. Um, yeah. So silence and solitude, yeah. uh, as you talked about it, 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 was the intention of starting with that one to create the time space within yeah. people's lives, and then okay, here's the here's some things that you can fill it with, yep. whether it being prayer and thinking about Sabbath and the four yeah. aspects of Sabbath, and the next will be scripture reading, and then yep, you know, so kind of. 
because you know maybe people don't spend enough time just yeah. sitting alone and realizing how much is running through their right. minds and whatnot. That's exactly it. I think Dallas Willard talks about the spiritual disciplines. He talks about as disciplines of abstinence and disciplines right. of engagement, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's been a helpful paradigm. And so actually for this past year and for the next few years when we've been planning them, we've tried to intentionally plan where we have two of the disciplines be focused on more ones of abstinence and two more of engagement. So mm-hmm. it's it's the idea of like making space and then filling the space. Mm-hmm. And silence and solitude is really, and I think Willer even says this, that it's really kind of the primary discipline of making space and carving out space. And mm-hmm. Sabbath would be the other one, right? And um, But but sil- like if we can't learn, we got to learn to like actually stop and uh, allow for silence so that we, and and you know, when that happens, all the internal noise inside us starts to get louder. And sure. so we got to learn how to like deal with that and be think conscious. through that. Yeah. And then be able to start attuning our, so our hearts to listen to God and mm-hmm. to his voice through scripture and through prayer. And, but that doesn't happen unless we like, it's really hard to slow down and prayer mm-hmm. and med- Bible meditation and listen to God through that. If we're not actually getting in a space where we're where it's quiet and we're alone to listen like it's almost the tilling the soil yeah. getting it ready to yeah for, for planting and whatnot yeah so that's really i mean that's why we started there because we're all all of us are like carrying these phones i'm holding up my phone right now <laughs> right we're carrying these distractions yep. you know we're just there's so many distractions around us that we're, if we don't intentionally say we need to make space and and enter into quiet then it's going to be too easy just to never actually stop and learn to listen to god uh it, it seems like a a popular idea not just within christian culture but just yeah. generally like i hear uh you know non-christians talking about meditation and how they value it and those sorts of things and i, I don't know if even the popularization of yoga and yep. whatnot has has contributed to that for our society today yeah. as well in your perspective and understanding um why do you think uh, our culture is so ripe for it. I mean, do you think it's it's simply the smartphones? Do you think that it's like is it, it, yeah. I don't know. As you think, look back in history, like what what has is there something that occurs to you? Like, yeah, America was was in, like destined for this this type of a thing and uh, destined to realize our need for silence and solitude. Right, right. I mean, I think there's still a lot we're not realizing our need. We're like yeah. filling it with a lot of noise. For sure. But I think, um, yeah, I think we, I mean, I just, I, I was, I was reading this somewhere else because of something I was working on. And it was, I think in the 1970s, this it was from a New York times article. They talked about the average number of, uh, ads that we saw per day. So it could be seeing a billboard or hearing yep. a radio ad or a TV ad or whatever was 500, 500 something ads per day, which seems like a lot. Yeah. By the by, like twenty ten. You said that that five hundred was around what time? The average nineteen seventies. Okay. okay. So by twenty ten or so, um, the average number of messages or ads we were seeing per day was upwards of five thousand per day. And now you can imagine, you know, ten years later, it's got to be even astronomically more, yep. right? Because a lot has changed since twenty ten. So it's just I think we are being bombarded with information, right? And mm-hmm. I think. Um, the issue is not where to get information. Now our problem is like, we have to think about where do we put our attention? Yep. Cause our attention is always being yep. 
called and distracted and doled and pulled to something different. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think, even for marketers, their challenge is not, their challenge is now getting people's attention. That's mm-hmm. their biggest challenge, right? Yeah. And so, uh, because, and so that's, you know, just historically, like we have more information than we've ever had. And that's why Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercials are cost so much, right? Yeah, because that's it has a everybody's example. attention. Yeah. yeah, it has everybody's attention. So I'm going to pay You're millions get everyone of dollars for 30 spot. seconds. Yeah. yeah, totally. So it's, um, I think, I think where we are now, I think people are, I think the, they are constantly being, their attention is constantly being demanded of them mm-hmm. from every potential angle that they can, that they can think of. And so I think, you know, the move in terms of mindfulness, I yeah. think makes sense because there, that constant distraction is just exhausting, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just, it, it, it's not, it's not how we were made as humans and to never have quiet mm-hmm. and to never just sit in silence and pay attention to like our own body and what we're feeling and what we're thinking. Yeah. It, it's completely exhausting. And so I think that make it totally makes sense that that Eastern meditation and all of that move towards mindfulness mm-hmm. is a hugely growing trend. You know, yeah. you look on app stores, right? The Google player, like Apple app store in, I know you're a Google guy, but I am a Google guy. We can still be friends. I I use a Mac. I use (laughs) a Mac. So either way, they, you know, that, that movement, like there's so many mindfulness apps now and it just totally makes sense. I think, and I think it's, it's because we're, we're made, God made us in a specific way. And Mm -hmm. this constant distraction is not what we were made for. And so it's, it's exhausting. I think biblical, I think meditation is not a, is God made up the idea of meditation, I think, right? Like, I don't think mindfulness is something new. Uniquely Eastern. Right, and it's not uniquely Eastern even. It's just, I think, God, you know, you look in Scripture and there's a call to to meditate and to dwell in Scripture. I think the big difference is sometimes mindfulness can be an empty in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. And like kind of emptying it. And I think what we're saying is let's not empty our mind, let's, um, let's a all the noise that is inside us. Let's instead of just trying to forget it, let's like entrust it to God. Yep. And then b let's listen to His voice through Scripture and through yeah. prayer. Yeah. And meditate on that. Right. I mean, in some ways, it's kind of. Uh, my wife will sometimes go to people's houses that uh, she knows well, and you know, there's yeah. a good relationship. But she'll kind of just browse through their pantry and find find what's expired and old, those sorts of things. And it's sometimes for me, when I that's weird. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like it's 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 an, it's an agreed upon thing. Oh, okay. Like, she's not sneaking yeah, into she's the pantry. Like, well, they'll have conversations <laughs> like the the person whose house that is like, hey, I have all this old stuff, and Christy's like. Hey, do you want me to go through it? And she'll go through That's it awesome. and she'll just bring the trash can. She right needs over. to come to our house. <laughs> she needs to go through our pantry. And she'll just like she she has no problem purging certain things. Yeah. Like she has no sentiment especially for somebody else's house. Right. She doesn't have the sentimental attachment or like she'll the Y two K mentality. We yeah. don't need to save this anymore. Let's just chuck it. Um That's good. But it's in 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 that way, it's kind of like you kinda of have to take stock of what's already yeah. going through your mind before you know what you need to either set to the side or get rid of completely yeah. and then fill it up with something that's more more um, actually intrinsically meaningful. Right, right, right. right. Um, and as you're talking too, talking about the ads, how it went from 500 ads uh, in a day to 5,000 to now however many. Right. Um, it's true that uh, ads end up being, like there's a f- almost, 
there's a line, I don't know how fine it is, but there's a line between trying to figure out the best practices of life and figure out what, what's available to you. Right. But then somebody else just kind of um, stealing your time and money and you flowing into somebody else's agenda, so to speak. Right. And part of what I'm hearing about the spiritual formations, uh, the what you guys are doing you know, quarterly is take some time to figure out what it is, like the wave that you want to build in the midst of God's ocean so that people will see in your life that I am overwhelmingly about who Christ is. Yeah. I'm not actually going to be pulled into, you know, um, yeah. every, all these other agendas of like, oh, I need to, I can't think of anything great right now, but you know, whatever yeah. the ads are that appeal to you are for, whether right. they're something as simple and mind numbing as, you know, little games on your phone right. or even, um, like, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I think of like Dave Ramsey's like Financial Peace University, like yeah. something that actually helps people, but yeah. um, is not the end all be all of everything. Right. right. And and so, um, but that, that's interesting yeah. to kind of because you know five hundred ads a day, you could probably dismiss most of them, but some of them will pique your yeah. interest. And... Some of it's, I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, some of it's helpful. It's not like it's all five. It's not five thousand snake oil salesmen ads <laughs> that are trying to destroy your soul, but. Um, but it is, it's stopping to ask the question, and this is what we're about to start as we start this quarter focused on Bible reading, mm-hmm. because it's very, that's very specific in terms of let's, instead of all these other stories shape us that we're hearing all day long, mm-hmm. let's let the story of God be the primary message that shapes our lives and forms us. And so it's really stopping to ask the question of uh, who am I becoming, mm-hmm. right? So that we're all in the process of formation, whether we realize it or not. That's just happening to everyone. We're all being shaped or formed in some way. And so we want to ask, who am I becoming and what messages or stories are shaping us and forming us into who I'm becoming? Mm -hmm. And stop and actually think about that and and then ask the question of like, is that who I want to become? Right. Right? Is Is that what God made me for? And if my desire is to become like Christ, then then what what story do I need to pay attention to that the spirit is going to use to shape me and form me to become more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, as you've, how has it been for you personally with yeah. these things? Like, is there, you kind of, uh, you wrote a lot of the material for Doxa, right? Yep. And yep. did a lot of the study and research. So academically you're, <laughs> you, you, you know, thought you, about you, it a lot. you know, yeah. yeah, you know, the Sunday school answers, but how does it actually play out? Yeah. Now? How's, how's it been question. for you? Yeah. Um, great question. I think so. Silence and solitude was. I think that was new to me in a lot of ways. Like as I, I was learning as I was writing. It's going skiing, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> right. It is. It's just skiing for a day. I mean, there is a lot of solitude when you're sitting on a chairlift by yourself. Um, I think. I think each of these has been. I, I think it's. I've learned as I've gone. It's kind of like. It's kind of like you're putting things into practice as you're doing it. So I don't think with any of these four that we've talked about so far, I felt like I had arrived or mm-hmm. I'd figured it out. And now I have, have a, a good rhythm to, for it. Yeah. Or even, yeah, you never arrived, but even that I had this perfect rhythm for it. I, I think I was actually learning and trying new things and growing in it as we were, as our church was doing these things. Mm-hmm. So it's been really good for me, you know, this process, I think, Silence and Solitude was really, really good and and helpful for me to actually start practicing some of the things that we were talking about. 
one blessing is our staff is given every quarter a day, a work day to just spend in solitude <laughs> and not even given as an option. It's like required that we spend right. that. Yeah. So that's already built into into a rhythm. And then for me, just... Is it the same day for everybody? Yeah. We all do the same day oh, that's and great. we kind of talk about it. Because the then you don't day. feel behind if everybody else is no, working. everyone's you, off. Yeah. It's on great. the same day. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then building that into my mornings more mm-hmm. has been good. So that was really helpful for me. And I think... I've doing this, I've especially starting with silence and solitude, started to become more aware of the internal noise that I did, wasn't aware of as much earlier. Um, I think God started helping me see more of what I was actually feeling and thinking that I wasn't paying attention to before, mm-hmm. which was really, really helpful for me. Uh, prayer was a really helpful quarter for me as well. I think probably the biggest thing I have grown in in prayer. To, Still, I mean, yeah, again, not have not arrived. I'm st- I feel like I'm still, God is still doing a lot of work in this, but me really believing that he's going to use my prayer to accomplish something like the, how, um, how powerful intercessory prayer is to pray and intercede on behalf of others. And how that's just this crazy, that's, the, it's this crazy opportunity that he's inviting us to come and bring our prayer and that he wants to use it Mm -hmm. to accomplish something is just, it's insane because he could, he doesn't need it, but he's designed, right? Like he, he doesn't need my prayer to to do anything, but he's set up the system, so to speak, so that he actually wants to use my prayer, use our prayer to accomplish something. And he, he would, almost it's like he would rather use our prayers than just act outside of those. And, and, so if we don't, then I think if if I don't pray, then I, I think I, I'm actually, it, it, I can't say I'm stopping God because God's going to do what he wants to do. Right. But it's like I'm I'm losing out on this amazing opportunity to, to get to be a part of how God's going right. to work. Yeah. And so I, you know, for me, it's been hit or miss. Like I, try, I started trying to develop a rhythm through like stopping in the middle of my day to just spend a little bit of time specifically focused on intercessory prayer Mm -hmm. in that middle of the day. And, um, there were some specific things I got to like pray for over a period of a week, a couple weeks to, I think even for a month at a time. And then God, I got to see God answer that. Mm. And when God answered it, it was just a different, it was, it was different for me than other times where I knew like God, you, it wasn't just my prayer, but God, you actually used my prayer as part of how you worked in this situation to, mm. to do this and how much it builds your own trust in him yeah, and faith sure. is just really cool. So yeah. that's a rhythm I'm still trying to grow in, um, figuring out like what that, what that looks like for me in my day, but that's been really helpful. And then Sabbath is something Beth and I have known we need to like develop a rhythm yeah. of Sabbath yeah. for the last couple of years, but yeah. struggled to figure out what that looks like. And so it's been helpful for us even this quarter to be thinking more about that. Well, especially coming from, uh, you know, uh, you and I have both been in small, small church contexts yeah. and really small churches. It's, it's hard to, to yeah. uh, feel like you have the freedom to have that Sabbath yeah. or you just like, there's a, I don't know if, if, this word resonates with you, but there's almost a, there would be a guilt yep. if you just, if you wanted, when went on a simple vacation and were yeah. gone for one week and you're like, Oh, who's going to do the responsibilities that I have? Right. Uh, not because you think that you're so essential, but just because like, this is just, yeah, like, it's all hands on deck. Yeah. And, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and it's challenging too, when you're, I mean, you almost like, if you are, if you are giving a lot of time, you know, whether it's paid or unpaid yep. on a Sunday, 
towards serving the church. Uh, I, I mean, I think serving can be a part of Sabbath. I'm not saying it's not, but I think for for us, we've realized like Sunday can't be our primary Sabbath day. Sure, yeah. like it's we've got to As figure a out a different yeah. way to do that because really, especially for for me, it's going to be a day that is a long day, right? And, yeah, and um, that's Leadings good. It's okay. It's just yeah. not it's not Sabbath. So yep. I think uh, I think it's John Mark Comer. I've heard him say this a few times, and he may be quoting someone else. I forget, but he. He's basically said Sabbath is the only uh, of the Ten Commandments. You know, nine out of those ten. If you if a pastor were to break nine of them, yeah, any of those would be disqualifying. Like the morality police would be like, oh, right, Adam, it, yeah, nine of those would be disqualifying. But Sabbath is more expected that he break that one, yep. right? Yep. And whether or not someone believes that Sabbath is still commanded of Christians today, either way, like, yeah, yeah. does and that's not the point. But it's just like. The, the church in some ways expects leaders to not not to Sabbath, like to not rest is a virtue, mm-hmm. to work harder is a virtue. And I, I know this is John Mark Comer. He has said, I think I think so. He said that, um, you know, people have said, well, Satan never takes a Sabbath. Mm. Like, why? So how can we take a rest? Hmm. And then his point was like. Is that really the example we want to be following? Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like use our enemies as, as, yeah. as the example. Yeah. So we've created a culture where it's not okay to stop yeah. and rest, and that's that's you know destroying people. Um, John Mark, he, he's the one who wrote "Ruthless Elimination of Hurry," yep. right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So there's a whole chapter on Sabbath. And okay. That. Thanks again for listening. In the second part of our conversation, Ken and I talk more about the Sabbath and also how he's shepherding his family through spiritual disciplines. Faith, resilience, and community. 